With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tonight's show. I'm your man, BJ Jones. We got a lot to talk about. It's been a while since we've been here, man. Took a couple of weeks off. Uh, got some trick or treating in with the little one on last week. Uh, doing some traveling, uh, covering some HBCU football. But hey, tonight, back in the lab. Back in the lab, baby. Week 10. Uh, big week. We start talking about in the Southwestern Athletic Conference as well as in the MEAC. Also in the Division 2. Uh, big week, rivalry week. You got a little Miles, Tuskegee, Virginia State, Virginia Union. You got all of that this week. Albany State, Fort Valley State, the Fountain City Classic. And then in the swack in the MEAC, it was almost upset Saturday. Alcorn, mmm. What took place down in Florida? Daytona Beach, we'll talk about that. Uh, in the 8.30 hour, I have my good friend with me, Scotty. You guys know him as Offscript, man. We're going to talk some X's and O's and kind of talk about some of the things that are happening, um, particularly in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. We'll, we'll dive uh, into that. And also on yesterday, you saw the Spartans of Norfolk State. Looked like they were going to cruise their way on to Atlanta. Nah, nah, nah. The Eagles. North Carolina Central had different plans. We'll talk about all of that, but but first, before we get started, I want to give a shout-out to my main man, Roy, doing the producing on the ones and twos back at the home studio here in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, give Roy a, a shout-out, man. Appreciate you, Roy. Speaking of Atlanta, Georgia, before we get started, better be glad I ain't got my hat with me. Uh, we had some developments. Uh, here in the city of Atlanta. If you don't, guys don't know, I am a huge Atlanta Braves fan. I've been a Braves fan all my life. And guess what happened on Tuesday? I know Mike Washington. I know Mike Washington, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, uh, Charles Bishop. The Braves took home the World Series. First time since 1995. It's been a long time coming. The Braves are the world champions of Major League Baseball. World Series champs. We enjoyed an uh, amazing parade on Friday, too. So, man, shout out to the Braves. 
all the brand, the Braves fans out there, shop on, baby. Shop on. All right, so let's get ready uh, to jump into this. It was week 10 uh, in the HBCU football season. Had some interesting matchups um, to really look at. Uh, some game, uh, some of the games, uh, were a little closer than the experts would have thought. Uh, and we got a few upsets. The biggest upset, let's talk about upsets, happened at Daytona Beach, Florida. It was the early game on yesterday. Uh, they had a noon kick, uh, Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. Early game, all corn. Uh, you know, jumping on the plane, riding down to Daytona. But Thorne Cookman, we, we, we know that they've had a rough year. Um, winless on the season. Uh, we've talked about some of the t challenges and difficulties that they've had as an institution. Uh, Coach Terry Sims, uh, rough year. Uh, that program, the struggles of that program detailed uh, in, a, in a great piece by HBCU Game Day. So we knew that the problems for Bethune Cookman um, went far and beyond just the field of play. Uh, but yesterday, uh, Alcorn State jumped out to a big lead. They actually jumped out to a 17, uh, 17 to 7 lead at one point in time. Looks like Alcorn was just going to go down to Daytona Beach uh, and kind of do what Alcorn does. Uh, Bethune Cookman had other plans. Uh, the the biggest key uh, for this game on yesterday, uh, Shannon Patrick of Bethune Cookman. The second half that he played was nothing short uh, of amazing. Uh, he stepped in at the quarterback position uh, and helped lead that comeback. Uh, Alcorn once again bitten by the turnover bug. Three turnovers in that ball game on yesterday. Um, Alcorn did rack up 476 yards. Uh, 300 of those yards were through the air, 176 yards on the ground. They averaged four-point yards per carry. Uh, 27 first downs to Bethune-Cookman's 13. Uh, they limited Bethune-Cookman to 335 yards in total offense. Most of those uh, yards uh, came in the second half, but the biggest difference were the turnovers. Um, Alcorn got the turnovers, uh, committed too many turnovers. Um, and you saw a 17 to 7 halftime lead uh, disappear. Uh, final score in that ball game, Bethune Cookman wins about a score of 35 to 31. Alcorn now has lost their second conference game in a row. Uh, we know what happened down in Baton Rouge a week ago. Uh, you come back on another road game, you face off against Bethune Cookman now. Uh, you have been dealt another loss. And now for Alcorn State, the pilgrimage, if you will, to the SWAT championship game just got a lot more complicated than what it had to be. Uh, Alcorn was just simply in a position prior to this game. If they won out, uh, they would have been the representative of the Western Division in the SWAT championship game. Uh, but virtue, by virtue of loss on yesterday, Alcorn not only has to win out, but then they have to hope that Prairie View uh, loses uh, their contest against Mississippi Valley, uh, which is going to happen after this weekend. 
it's going to be Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, they got to hope that Mississippi Valley can pull one uh, to give Prairie View two losses. Um, and then Alcorn has to win out and have to beat Prairie View this Saturday. Um, and they have to defeat Jackson State a week from this Saturday. So a tall task. Alcorn not out of it, uh, but they made it an uphill battle. And we'll see how that uh, plays out. Um, Bethune-Cookman, shout out to Coach Terry Sims um, and that staff. When you go into a ball game 0-8, uh, people start to wonder, have the team, has the team quit? Has the staff quit? Uh, how into the season uh, this football program still is? And the questions have been answered. Uh, Bethune-Cookman came out, the defending um, swipe champion from the last time we had a full season. No disrespect to Alabama A&M. Uh, but the last time we had a full season, you know, Alcorn State, uh, the winner of the last two uh, swipe titles. To, to, to get that win for Bethune-Cookman, uh, that meant a lot for that program. And Bethune-Cookman has been close. They had they have been close all year. Uh, had an opportunity to beat Alabama A&M. Uh, had an opportunity. They didn't play bad against Jackson State. They had opportunities against Prairie View. Um, had opportunities against um, South Carolina State. Um, so uh, it was good to see uh, Terry, Terry Sims and that staff and that program finally get off the snide. Uh, the Wildcats will now move to one and eight overall, uh, one and five in the conference. Uh, if you're all corn state, uh, you're at an uncharacteristic Five and four on the season, uh, four and two in the conference. Uh, and that door of opportunity as far as the SWAC championship game, uh, it's not closed, uh, but it ain't wide open anymore. Uh, it, it's a crack in the door. It ain't much. Uh, it ain't wide open like it was, like it was uh, about 36 hours ago. But... Uh, there's a slither of hope uh, for the Braves of Alcorn. Uh, now, also, we started talking about uh, other interesting uh, ball games in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Yesterday, we talked talk about Prairie View leading the SWAC Western Division, undefeated in the conference. Uh, things are going well for the Panthers. Uh, they ran into Alabama State. Uh, Alabama State, uh, after the Magic City Classic loss a week ago, uh, announced that Coach Donald Hill Ely would not be retained. Um, and uh, he actually stepped away from the program. Uh, Coach Pearson uh, stepped in in the interim role. Uh, how would Alabama State respond? Well, I'll tell you what, if you were keeping track of this contest, at one point, Alabama State led Prairie View by the score of 20 to 10. Um, it looked like Prairie View uh, got caught looking ahead uh, to that Alcorn game. Uh, and, and, and Alabama State went into the fourth quarter with a 20 to 10 lead. And then Prairie View did the Prairie View. Uh, Jawan passed that offense, uh, scored 14 points uh, over the stretch of eight minutes and 53 seconds and completely flipped uh, the ball game. They get out of their homecoming over there at Prairie View. Shout out to Dr. Kenyatta Seville uh, and Mike Washington. But homecoming there, 
They get out with a homecoming win, 24 to 20. Now, if you are Prairie View, it's simple. Your task to the conference championship game is simple. Beat Alcorn, you clinch. Beat Alcorn, the last game doesn't matter. Lose to Alcorn, and whoo, all the pressure then shifts to the Panthers of Prairie View. But right now, the Panthers are sitting pretty. Shout out to Coach Dooley and that staff. My boy's down there. Um, shout out to Coach Dooley and, the, and that staff. Uh, they didn't play their best game on yesterday, uh, but they found a way uh, to get it done. Uh, Alabama State played a lot of young players yesterday. Uh, is, there, is there anything to be encouraged about? Uh, those young players uh, really play hard. Uh, Ryan Nettles, uh Played pretty, he played pretty good on yesterday. He went uh, 15 to 24 for 139 yards through two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, the young man, Miles Crawley, came in, uh, went three or three for 25 yards, uh, and had a scramble that almost extended the game, almost got picked up a first down uh, there at the end. Jawan Pass continues to be Jawan Pass, uh, 21 of 33, 171 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, no interceptions, uh, but he did add two touchdowns on the ground um, as a rusher. Also, LaDemian Brooks uh, continues uh, to have a, a stellar season. He scores a touchdown as well. Uh, he actually uh, got that comeback started uh, with a 14-yard touchdown uh, in the fourth quarter to push that score uh, from, from 20 to 10 to uh, 20 to 17. And then Jawan passed. Um, six-yard run uh, late in the fourth quarter uh, to take to give Prairie View the lead, and they would hold on. Defensively, Prairie View uh, actually looked good. Um, they looked good defensively. Uh, limited Alabama State to only 212 yards in total offense. Uh, they did what they needed to do. A shout-out to the Panthers. You're one win away from clinching it. One win away from uh, clinching it. So we'll see what happens. That's a huge game in Lorman, Mississippi, this upcoming weekend with Prairie View and Alcorn State. Uh, Alabama A&M got off the snot this particular weekend as well. Um, they hosted Mississippi Valley State. Uh, the Bulldogs did what they want uh, and when they wanted to do it. Uh, a lot of people were down on Alabama A&M after that three-game losing streak to Grambling Jackson State. Uh, and then Florida A&M, uh, but the Bulldogs, uh, they, they flexed their muscles yesterday. And defensively, you know, this Alabama A&M defense has been the butt of a lot of jokes, especially the jokes that I've told. They've been the butt of a lot of jokes. Uh, but defensively, uh, they came to play, limiting out uh, Mississippi Valley State to only 14 points, uh, only 14 points. Uh, that offense would kill glass and those receivers. When they get the humming, they are almost impossible to stop. Kill glass, another 330-plus yard day uh, with four touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, Gary Qualls uh, adding what he added to uh, on the ground, Zay Moore. Zay Moore, as I like to call him. Three receptions for 133 yards. Gary Anderson, seven catches. For 122 yards, uh, Abdul Ibrahim, uh, seven 
receptions for 78 yards. Uh, this Alabama a offense, when they can protect the quarterback, is a thing of beauty. Uh, and you saw it on yesterday. Uh, Mississippi Valley uh, did score early. It was a 7-7 contest uh, early, and it looked like Valley was going to do what they've been doing all year, which is scaring the bejesus out of people. Uh, but Alabama a put them away. Alabama a now moves to 5-3 and three overall, 3-3 three and three in the conference. Uh, Mississippi Valley falls to 2-7 and seven overall and 1-5 and five in the conference. Um, shout out to Alabama A&M. They've not won two in a row. Uh, they've not won two in a row. Uh, things look up for the Bulldogs. Uh, so shout out to Coach Maynard and those guys. Uh, other teams, we kind of had some, some games that made you kind of go, ooh. Jackson State uh, was hosting Texas Southern on yesterday. Uh, Andrew Body. And that Texas Southern offense, uh, you talk about offenses that can start humming. Uh, this is one of them. Uh, Texas Southern, young football team. I like what Coach Clarence McKinney um, is doing down there in Houston. Um, a lot of people felt like Jackson State, you know, maybe shouldn't, shouldn't take the team lightly. And I'm going to tell you, for a half, they shouldn't. Uh, you know, they we went into the half uh, with a 21-14 uh, ball game. Jackson State was leading. Uh, then it was 21-21, and Jackson State at that point uh, took over. Uh, Shadour Sanders goes 25-41 uh, for 305 yards and three touchdowns. Andrew Body didn't have his best game through the air, 12-28 uh, for 79 yards. Uh, he added 12 carries for 39 yards. Uh, Owens, the running back from Texas Southern, uh, did have a big day on the ground, 23 carries for 198 yards. Uh, you saw Jackson State um, for the second week in a row uh, get shredded on the ground. They allowed, they allowed 259 yards rushing uh, to Texas Southern. Texas Southern actually averaged 6.6 uh, uh, yards per carry uh, yesterday against that vaulted Jackson State defense. Uh, Texas Southern was able to rack up 338 yards. Uh, Jackson State was able to rack up 528 yards. 305 yards through the air, 223 yards on the ground. Uh, that's a stable, stable day, solid day uh, for the Jackson State uh, offense. Um, and that defense, when they needed to come to play, they did it. Uh, they did. Jackson State scored 20 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, pushed this game from a 21-21 game to a 41-21 game, and walked out of I walk out of Veterans Memorial Stadium as a winner. Now, if you're Jackson State, it's simple. Win on Saturday, you clinch the Eastern Division. Lose on Saturday, all the pressure is now on you going into that all-corn contest. So uh, it's going to be interesting, interesting, inter interesting these next couple of weeks. Got a few other games I want to cover with you. Um, I'm going to go to break. I'm going to go to break, and when we come back from break, I'm going to have a good man. He's controversial sometimes. Uh, he gets fired up, but when you really pay attention to what he says, God that knows the X's and O's, knows the in and outs of the game of football. I like talking ball with him because I like really talking the X's and O's uh, of it. But we're going to dive into a few of these matchups 
and kind of uh, talk about some of the players uh, that's, that's really caught his attention. Uh, he's, you know, relatively new uh, to HBCU football, particular football here in the SWAC. And that's my boy, Scotty. You guys know him um, as Offscript. Uh, he does several shows a week. Um, you know, he has to call in, feature all that other good stuff, man. But he he's a controversial guy. He's a controversial guy. A lot of you can call him the Paul Fireball of HBCU football. But he'll be joining me uh, after the break. So you guys sit right there. Keep it locked as we go inside HBCU football. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become... Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. HBCU football. I'm your man BJ Jones, and I am joined now by my man Scotty. You guys might know him as all as all script. Yeah, he got the shirt. He got the gear in the in the back. Uh, we we you almost call him like the Paul Feinbaum of HBCU football. He he get him stirred up now. He get him stirred up now. He 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 get him stirred up. But at the end of the day, man, when you listen to what he's saying, you can't say that he's lying. I try, not, I try not to. <laughs> What's good, BM? Man, I appreciate you guys for having me on as always. Oh, man. We're just talking about week 10, man. Week 10 in, in HBCU football and kind of some games that happened. Um, really talking about this Jackson State. I left off with Jackson State and Texas Southern on yesterday, um, how that game went 21 21. Uh, Jackson State scores 20 unanswered in the fourth quarter to put it out of reach. Uh, but but you you actually you watched that game you had to watch for yesterday. Uh, what were some things that kind of stood out for those who d- maybe didn't follow the game as closely? What are some things that stood out about that contest yesterday? Uh, surprisingly, I was surprised how well Texas Southern ran the ball on Jackson State. That's that to me like is is been definite for the past couple of weeks where they've been ran on and. And that the, I mean, 198, 23 attempts for 198. And for Texas Southern to get away from that, to me, he probably could have went for 270 easy, the way that the game was flowing for them. Um, my my issue is 
How do offensive coordinators not game plan around blocking James Houston? That's like you being in the NFL and telling me, you know what, I'm going to leave J.J. Watt one-on-one. I'm going to leave Von Miller one-on-one. I'm, I'm going to leave uh, the best DN in the league, whoever you want to throw out there, T.J. Watt one-on-one. That's what you're doing when you leave one-on-one with James. Like, he has been known to wreck shops. I don't – Chip them, double, tight it, something, and they just leave this guy one on one, and then they look crazy and dumb when their quarterback's getting sacked and it's a fumble, or you know he's get, he's he's making it, you know it was second and six, and now it's third and nine, or third and fifteen because of his sacks or his pressure. They teams just have to do a better job of of game planning around James Houston. He's a problem. Yeah, I think you know if I if you ask me who's the swag defensive player of the year is James Houston. I, I think it's him or Isaiah Land. Um, I think that those two have kind of been playing in a class of their own um, this year. Uh, and James Houston, man, I I'm trying to think of, of a game that he didn't have an impact, and I'm I can't think of one. The ULM game is the only game he didn't because he got the targeting call in like the first I think the first quarter, and he, they yeah, took him the rest of the in game. The first quarter, yeah, exactly. in the first quarter. So other than that, every other game, he's been impactful. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I was shocked when I looked up and I saw that this ball game was 21-21 at one point. And I was like, oh, oh man, I might need to, you know, go in. I was at the uh, checking out Miles in Tuskegee yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was trying to, you know, kind of checking on my phone. I was like, man, 21-21. Like, oh, man, what's going on? And – then it went from 21 21 to like, oh my God. <laughs> somebody somebody reminded Texas Southern that they were Texas Southern. <laughs> Man. Man. It, you know, and if I'm being honest, the game could have been worse for Jackson State, honestly. Because if Andrew Body hits on any of his fade routes early in the game, the game is 28-21 at half. It's 35-21 at half because the receivers were getting by these DBs. And, I, and I, I don't know how Jackson State fans don't understand. Your secondary is not the strength of this team. I don't like don't think about it. It's your front seven. Your front seven yeah. is all world, and that's what causes most of the problems. But Andrew Body was exposing them. I mean, I mean, he just couldn't hit on anything. He really, he literally could not hit on anything, and he's so dynamic. I don't know if you saw the play, BJ. He went like he went about fifty yards on a run and got called back, and fifty yards on a run for a touchdown and got called back for holding. Like that's how dynamic Andrew. I mean, just walked in gazelle like, and but that's how dynamic Andrew Body is, and and the game really, it really could have got ugly for Jackson State, honestly. It's it's no it wouldn't I wouldn't have been surprised if they could have put thirty five on them boys easy easy probably the easiest thirty five yeah. that any team has ever put on Jackson State. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, I'm, I'm I think the thing that broke me, that really took me for a loop was Texas Southern averaged six yards a carry on Jackson State, and they got away from it in the second half. B, I'm telling you, like got straight away from, got away from it, went yeah. away from. It. Yeah, I mean that that I mean that was crazy to me. Um, and, and I think another th- another game that really kind of opened my eyes yesterday was Arkansas Pine Bluff and Grambling. Strictly just simply because um, I kind of felt like Arkansas Pine Bluff had melded in for the year. Mm-hmm. I thought that they had melded in for the year. Um, you know, a team that's winless in conference, 
coming off of a spring where you competed for the conference title. Um, and all of these losses, I kind of felt that they mailed it in. And they looked like a completely different football team yesterday against Grant. They they completely did. And it started with Skylar Perry. Skylar Perry is he, you know, um, I think they tried to make him a lot of what he wasn't early in the season where he's just a drop back, drop back, drop back. But as you saw against Grambling, he can get loose. I mean, 146 on the ground, I believe he had. 146. Yeah, 146. On the ground, I mean, and, and two touchdowns on the ground, and then he threw for 11 of 15 for, like, another 160 or something like that. That's a complete game. That's 300 yards by for your quarterback, and he's doing it in different aspects. And then at the same time, you're not asking him to beat teams with his arm. You're just asking him to beat teams with his athleticism, just being an athletic quarterback. And the only thing to me is I feel like the, the disservice is – you know, you have some great receivers over there. Josh Wilkes, Dewan Miller, Tyron Ralph. They're not getting the love that they deserve because they can't – they don't have a, a quarterback that can get them the ball like they would like to. But they have something over there with uh, Kier, uh with Kier as a running back, Crossley, mm-hmm. that's his name. They have a nice offense. They just been, they hadn't been able to put it all together until yesterday no. against, against a stout grambling defense. That was the most surprising part to me was that he got as loose as he did with that grambling defense because that's always something grambling can always depend on was their defense. And and, and I had this conversation with some, some people from grambling earlier today. And they're talking about, you know, the decision to put the red shirt on Noah Biden, which I don't think was a bad decision at all. Um, I actually thought it was a good decision. Yeah, I know you talk um, about the offensive line. He said until it gets fixed, he shouldn't be playing. <laughs> why would I want to put my future behind that offensive line? Why? You know what I mean? I mean, people ask, what's wrong with Grambling's offense? And it starts up front. Mm-hmm. All right? It starts up front. They cannot protect the quarterback. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Can't protect them. Um, and a, a player that they are missing this year was a player that they went after a lot, and that's Jeremy Hickbottom. Mm. Jeremy Hickbottom made a lot of plays with his feet. Even if it was to open up the pass, he did it with his feet in the past for these last two seasons for Grammar. Mm-hmm. 2018 season, 2019 season. A lot of people tried to blame Hick and say, no, Hickbottom is the problem. He's that, he's this. Well, he's doing pretty well at Tennessee State. Uh, he He's a candidate for Offensive Player of the Year in OVC. So, obviously, he, he wasn't as bad as people were saying. <laughs> the problem is that offensive line, and this is going to take some time to get, to get that fixed, mm-hmm. um, it's not good. It's, it's not good. I mean, it's not good. You know, um, I – I had Jeremy on the show. Uh, I I did an interview when he left Grambling. And he Mm -hmm. said, and one thing that he said to me, he was like, the the benefit he has, because I I, I always ask him, I said, you know, Jeremy, you're really quick feet in the pocket. Like, you know, you're there, then you're gone. He said, well, in high school, I never had an offensive line. He said, I was running for my life most of my high school career. He said, so that's that's been comfortable for me, like rolling out. I, I said, you're a really good thrower on the run. He said, well, when you're running for your life in high school, you know, you got to make it happen. So, and you're, and you're seeing the levels of his, his maturity at um, Tennessee state where he's able to stay in the pocket. And then he can, like you said, make something happen with his feet, 40 yard, 30 yard runs. I mean, and he's a big guy, six, four, two thirty, get moving. Mm-hmm. So it, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I think Grambling if, for fobs to stay, 
you know, on my on my channel, I don't I don't want to be as I don't want to be as vocal as I am on my channel because I, I I've been calling for his job for the last <laughs> two weeks, but <laughs> but for him to stay uh, relevant at Grambling for him and for Grambling to stay relevant, um, they they have to get offensive line. It's just flat out they got to get offensive yeah. line. Yeah, and and I don't know they they've tried to address this. They've tried to address it through the transfer portal. They tried to address it in many different ways. And they just got a new offensive line coach there. Mm-hmm. Uh, from UL last yet, um, you know, you, uh, you know, you got to give him some time. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I did want to hit on Alabama A&M for a brief moment. What they were able to do, we were able to see that offense when they're humming. Uh, what they're able to do, I was shocked that Mississippi Valley State didn't put up a better fight um, than what they did. I mean, because we're used to Valley. Yeah, Valley. What they did against Fairview, what they did against Jackson yeah. State. The, the Valley was, and and I know there's some limitations there, scholarship limitations. They don't have the depth and so forth. Uh, so I was I was shocked by that. Um, did you get a chance to watch any of that ball game or see kind of the the stats from that game? Yeah, I did. And uh, on my channel, I said the Valley secondary should have stayed home. They got embarrassed. And 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 also, what I said on my channel was. It looks like the best defensive player on Valley is their football field. If we're being, if I'm being 100 percent honest, the best, the best defensive player on Valley is their football field, and you can see that you just saw a difference of speed. Like when players get their feet underneath of them, like because that's what I saw against Fam against Jackson. You didn't see that Jackson State speed at Valley. You didn't see that Fam U speed against Valley because of that field. That field is the is a is a it's it's a hindrance to people coming in, but for Valley, it's a, it's a benefit because. Yeah. They're slipping, sliding, and in motion everywhere. My, I, I go back to this quarterback thing for Valley. Jelani Eason is not the answer. I, I, I like you can't keep putting this kid out here and 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 going forward with him when you have backups that you haven't seen play, and you just want to see what they can do. What going forward, what your team looks like. The fact that Caleb Johnson went for 20, uh, 20 attempts and can get over a buck. We're talking about Alabama and them defense now. We're not talking about. We're not talking about Jackson State. We're not talking about FAMU where he both went over 100 yards. You let Alabama A&M stop you, Caleb Johnson, let's – come on. It's, 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 it's so much wrong with that because, as me and you both know, Alabama, A&M, Alabama A&M defense can't stop a six-year-old nobly. They can't. It can't. So, why, how, so how is Caleb Johnson only going for, what, 89 yards, 85 yards for 20, mm-hmm. 20 carries? Something's not right with that. Um, I have to sit back and break the whole film down, but I just saw highlights and, and read the stat line. I'm just like, oh, this is ridiculous. So – Crazy. Oh, uh, and 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 speaking of also yesterday, speaking of craziness, Florida A and M going down to Baton Rouge. We ain't going to avoid it. We go. We'll run right into it. Florida A and M going down to Baton Rouge. They take the win uh, over Southern by a score twenty nine to seventeen. That ball game in the second half, I mean the second half, looked completely different than what it did in the first half. Southern shut completely out in the second half. Zero points. 61 total yards in the second half. Um, a lot of people had a lot of opinions about the ball game on yesterday. Um, not shy about it. Um, I, I felt like the team fought hard in, in, in that first half. Um, I, I thought that they, they fought hard. You know, they did what they needed to do to be in the ball game in the first half. Coaching took them completely out of it in the second half. Ain't no ands, ifs, buts, maybes, could be. <laughs> coaching took coaching took those kids completely out of the ball game 
on 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 last night in Baton Rouge. Absolutely, B. Absolutely, and I mean, I'm I'm having a watch party, and I'm watching this, and I'm I couldn't believe what I'm seeing because I'm like, I, I, okay, so one help me understand it. I know Kobe Dillon was out. I heard mm-hmm. Gerard Sims got hurt during the game. Um, mm-hmm. I know Craig Nelson was either doubtful or didn't come back because he got hurt. So now mm-hmm. you're down to Devon Ben, and Devon Ben is is a goal line back. He's a short yardage back. Um, last time I checked, you still have Ladarius Skelton number eight in the back. It, it, I mean, sitting on the deck. I mean, just he's the best pinch hitter in the swag. Like, if you need him to do – I mean, the boy can play safety if you need him to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just that real. My issue, though, B, is that the Southern defense was on fire. I mean, they, they were doing everything you needed them. Goal line stands, three and outs. I mean, I'm looking like – this game is for the taking. And when did Bubble McDaniels come become Peyton Manning? 39 attempts? 39. Who is this kid? 39 attempts for 183, 163, something like that? Yeah, yeah. That don't even make that's like like you would say, that's running back average. What are we doing? Like that's not that's what and he was barely at 50%. And he's barely at 50, 29 20 of 39. What are we doing? And and it's not and don't get me wrong, there was some drop ball, so I'll, I'll give him that. But the, it was the seven, real, I count. It. <laughs> I count it. it was seven. Seven drop balls, and then the wheel route. I mean, it's just him and Jesus. The the running back, just him and Jesus. He misses that yep. uh, twice. Missed it twice. So it's it's to me. I I I'm a I've been a big I've been a big advocate of Zach Grossi. You know, me and you have talked about it off yeah, offline, yeah. but. He, him, and Jason Rollins let you down in that game, especially Zach, because I don't know why you get so pass happy when you're a run first team anyway. Jamar, put Jamar Washington at running back; he's just as fast, just as quick, just as shifty. I'll have him as a running back, but for for Bubba McDaniel's to drop back thirty nine times, you're playing right into McKay's hand. I mean, right into Famu's hand, and you didn't hear nothing about Isaiah Land the whole first half. Isaiah Land. Yeah wasn't even a factor in the first half until the second half when you continue to drop back, drop back, drop back. He got he got home a couple times, and now he's a factor. Now he's eating in the game. It, it was frustrating. It was, it was, it was, I, I, I picked FAMU to win, so you know I'm always happy with more picks, but I want to see a good football game, and at the end of that, that second half was not a good football game. Uh, I, I think really yesterday I think there are some things that stuck out to me. I think defensively Southern played better. Uh, defensively than, than they've played probably since the Arkansas Pine Bluff game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a defensive unit that has struggled um, all year. Um, I would also say say this, is that the undisciplined struggles for Southern continue. We saw the snap over the head. Y'all, yeah, the punt. No, no idea what was going on there. Um, you, you, you know, you kind of saw how chippy this game got. Um, at times, I was shocked that that eight wasn't more. He wasn't a part of the game plan, and, and I'm gonna look at it from this standpoint. When you get to the collegiate level, those guys back there that return punts and kicks, they're special from an athleticism standpoint. So if you're telling me this about eight that he's special from an athleticism standpoint, I need to have a real good reason on why he's not a part of the offensive game plan. Because I, I, if you're not putting your best players on the field, then you're doing your team a disservice. And those are the type of disservices that will 
you can outthink yourself out of a job and an opportunity as a coach when you're in the inner room role. Thanks. I mean, it's just the fact. That's just the fact of it. Yes, yes uh, and, I, and, I, and I think that that's what occurred on yesterday. And to me, be you're, you're hitting the head right. You're hitting the nail right on the head. That's the biggest indictment. Is that you're telling me your quarterback is so that di- it makes you look bad? It really does. Like let's really. You're telling the whole swag. My quarterback is so dynamic. I can put him at kick returner, and he might take it to the crib on you. So then you get in the game. He never sees the field other than kick return. So then it makes you think like, huh? What is this? Because if you watch any other team, their punt returners. And their kick returners are usually involved in the game. Number 10 from FAMU, big component. Sharid, mm-hmm. huge yeah. component. Warren Newman, huge component to their offense. Tyron Ralph at UAPB, huge component. I mean, number 10, Manny from Alco. I don't know if they're going to keep using that boy for punt return. He's been making some bad decisions lately. But, you know, he, he's a factor. So it's, it's just one thing after another, and it just makes you scratch your head like, it makes sometimes it makes you question yourself. Like, is football really that hard? Like, that's what it really makes me think. Sometimes when I just sit back, I'm like, is football really that hard? I think a, a lot of times, especially with offensive coordinators, off, offensive coordinators have the propensity to outthink themselves. Like that's that's something that you see on the offensive side of the football. Well, a guy will outthink himself, and I think that that's what we saw on last night. Zach Grossi outthought himself. He either outthought himself or Zach Grossi said, I got three games left. I'm out of here anyway. Let me see what, what I can do. What the hell? <laughs> shoot for the start. Shoot for the start. If I'm, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave shooting. <laughs> Go I'm not going to leave saying what else. I'm not going to leave any other way. I'm going to leave shoot. Now, this is this is my thing, though, B. And this is where, you know, the pond, the Paul Feinbaum part of me, you know, that you guys said. If I'm Ladarius Skelton, the way you're doing me on my senior year is flat out disrespectful. It's, and I'm not even a big component of, you know, a senior has seniority. It, to me, it's always about the best player plays. But when you've been as successful as this young man, who is taking you to back to back to back swag championships, even though he didn't get over the hump, we all understand that has won every Bayou classic. He started in has been the Bayou classic MVP for every game he started in. And this is how you doing me on my senior year. We're, we're somebody got to come see me. Somebody got to come see me. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and you, you can definitely understand that young man's frustrations. Um, the frustrations of a fan base. Uh, I'll tell you this, you know, Alabama State made the jump on last week. You know, they said that, hey, we're going to put Donald Hill Ely out the pasture um, and going to open this thing up. I don't think that you're going to get that from Southern just for because, um, you know, uh, I think, you know, Rollins is in the interim role mm-hmm. that runs through the December. Um, I think that if there is a call to be made, you won't get that call. There's a call to be made. The call won't be made until – after Bayou Classic. Uh, but I think anybody with a pulse and that can add, you know, one plus one and knows that it's two knows what's going on uh, down down at Southern. Uh, you know, just because I, I'm saying that 
You know, we're not moving. I'm looking at houses, though. You know, I'm looking at the market. I got white shirts pulled up. I got all the apps pulled up. I know the market value. I know about what I need to spend. You know, oh, I've, yeah. got, I've gotten an approval letter from the bank. Something's wrong with you. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, we, we, we prepare. Um, and I ain't made the move yet, but, you know. All things are in order. All things are in what, order. What what did people say in shell? The dogs are warm or emotion. <laughs> the dogs are warm emotion. Um, so I think that we kind of know what's going on there. Um, I think it's going to be interesting, uh, particularly, and I'm glad I'm, I got you here because you know we we can talk about it. I think it's going to be interesting to see which direction Southern goes in, which direction that Alabama State goes in. And also, what other jobs possibly open? For this particular reason, the success that Deion Sanders has had at Jackson State uh, that has really opened a lot of people's eyes. And 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 before the success came, a lot of people were saying that we need to get a celebrity coach. Now they were just saying it because Jackson State was getting a lot of attention, and it was kind of like. Oh, the neighbor got a new car. We're gonna get me a new car too. <laughs> keep it up with the Joneses. Yeah, keep it up with the Jones type of situation. But if but, but when you look at Jackson State in particular, um, you look at the success that Deion Sanders has, has had uh up, up to this point, um, because they can completely wet the bed from this point forward. You know, we don't know. So up until this point, you look at the success that he's had. Eddie George, up until yesterday. Now, yesterday they ran into one of the they ran into the one good team in their conference because the OVC is horrible. When you look at the wins that, that Eddie George had at Tennessee State, they didn't beat a, a team with a winning record. And mm-hmm. yesterday was their one shot at one, and it didn't go particularly well. But people are going to look at their record and say he has them in the right going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are going to want celebrity hire. And this is why I quote, this is why I tell people there's one Deion Sanders. One, me and you are about the same age. When we came up, there were a lot of people wearing number two, me being one of them, um, and 21. There was a lot of people when you, when you went to pick helmets with it. I want the Dion face mask. I want the Dion. All right. There was a lot Bandana. of people. Bandana. Yeah, there was a lot of kids running laps and, 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 and pop one a ball for not fastening their gloves. Why? Because Dion didn't fasten his gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, he influenced a generation, right? A generation. There's only one of those. And I, I'm afraid that people see that and then just throw, start just throwing up guys just because they're a celebrity and I know them and completely omit the football part. Let me get your take on that. I think you're absolutely right, right? And we have had this conversation on my on my platform too many times. Um, I think I'm not asking, and if I'm if I was a heck, if I'm a Alabama State or Southern, I'm not asking my celebrity coach to be Dion. I'm not asking, like you said, there's only one Dion. I'm not asking you to be a showman. I'm not asking you to be all that. What I'm asking you to do is, I need those fringe, three star, four star recruits to consider. Southern to consider Alabama State when that, when those four stars jump in the transfer portal, 
and then Ed Reed calls their phone. I'm considering going to Southern because of Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Mm-hmm. Now, because of the name. Now, there's only one other thing I would allow if I was if I was going after a coach is a coach that is connected through the back channels of college football. And what I mean by that is uh, uh, a high up coach who can call a Nick Saban, a Dabo, uh, 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 a Shaw, um, Texas A&M. And they're like, hey, I know you got some fringe players you're trying to get rid of because you're trying to open up scholarships. Let me know who they are. I would like to bring them to my program. That's what you need because I'll take some fringe Clemson players. I'll mm-hmm. take fringe Ohio State players that couldn't make, you know, couldn't make that squad. I'll take some fringe Maryland, some fringe uh, Stanford player, all that type of stuff. So I think if you had a coach that's well connected in that college rankings thing, and you know how the, the little uh, with the boys or whatever, I think that's cool. But a celebrity coach, because think about it. And, and and I know we're all gonna bring up Ed Reed. If you get Ed Reed, you bring the whole you with you. Like I mean, it's mm-hmm. you got the whole you. You know they're gonna. You know they're gonna push them. You know they're gonna promote them. You're gonna see him. You're gonna see Southern on NFL Game Day because that's where Michael Irvin is. You're gonna see him be promoted by Ray Lewis. Reggie Wayne is a Louisiana kid, so you know he's gonna be down there. So all the stuff that Dion's doing with the rappers coming in and the podcast, Ed Reed can do the same thing with all his boys he played football with. I can have mm-hmm. Andrew and James at the, at the stadium. I can I can have Ray Lewis come through and talk to y'all. I can have um who wh- whatever NFL coach come through and talk to y'all in the offseason. I can make that happen. I'm Ed Reed. You see what I'm saying? So I think you just need that football aspect for kids that are like he can he can think about this, right? It's like this. If I'm a top safety and Ed Reed called Ed Reed. It's the same way I felt when Deion FaceTimed me. I'm like, man, I'm talking to Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If a recruit gets a FaceTime from Ed, I'm, Ed Reed is FaceTiming. Like, you know, it's, it's just different. So I just, that's what you're competing. You're not competing with the publicity. It's Deion. You're competing football-wise to get those three and four-star players that would never consider going to Southern. Now they're considering it because of the celebrity coach of Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, whoever you want to throw in there. Man, you, you talk about guys. Those are guys that I was real high on. Unfortunately, he ended up with an FBS job a year too early, and that was Charles Huff. He's a head coach at Marshall now. He was the assistant head coach at the University of Alabama under Nick Saban last year. Played at Hampton, coached at Tennessee State, uh, had a couple of stops in the NFL, coached at Buffalo. Um, he was at the Buffalo Bills. He spent some time at Penn State and, and, and kind of r- rose up the ranks. Mm-hmm. Charles Huff is 37, 38 years old. Oh, wow. That's young, a nice young guy. Yeah. 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 Young guy. Uh, played at Hampton. HBCU guy. Mm-hmm. You know, played at Hampton. Played on some good Hampton teams when Hampton was rolling. Uh, you know, but was it was it was a captain up there? He's at Marshall now. All right, Marshall, you know, uh pride him away. He's six and three at Marshall. I really like Charles Huff last year. Um, and um knew some people that knew him. I knew he wanted to get um into coaching, and he did not rule out coaching at an HBCU because that's where he was from. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but it's guys like that that I feel like in a, as HBCUs, we got to go out and find and, and get. Because I, I think the problem with HBCU searches, particularly when you're talking about ones that can be political, and mm-hmm. I think with Southern and Alabama State, these are two places that are – the politics are different, but both can get political. I think a lot of them, uh, in, in those particular cases, where you go wrong is, is you throw a search, but you only fish for the big fish in your pond. And what I mean by your pond, your state, your someone who has maybe had a cup of coffee here in the past before. Mm-hmm. And you're not checking out the neighbor's yard. You ain't checking out across the street, down the street, across town. You're just looking in one area, and that's limiting yourself. And that's how you end up in the position that Florida A&M just came out of where you have 15 years of the doldrums. You have, though, you have, you go through the period where Jackson State just came out of where you have, you know, Jackson State hadn't won the SWAT title since 2007. You put yourself in that position by doing that. And that's my issue with these searches, not just at, you know, at Alabama State Southern, HBCUs across the board, because we kind of limit ourselves from a quality candidate standpoint. We only we want the pool to be this big, and this guy has to come from right here instead of pushing out to kind of see what we can do. Yeah, that's it's it is so an- <clears throat> Man, I'm gonna just say it's annoying. It really is because we usually it's like, oh, he needs to be an Alabama State guy. What the hell is that? Oh, I'm sorry. What what does that mean? What what does that really mean? You know, like he needs. No, to, be, what the hell they got to do with it? What, what the hell? They <laughs> don't got nothing to do with nothing with football. Like you, I like it. What you say? Does he got a natty? You don't got to don't keep keep looking. Like give me right. somebody who's about football give me a win you want to win i want to win give me a winner i don't care that he didn't graduate from alabama state i don't care if his grandmama grandmama ain't the donating or the most high lump. i don't care about none of that it's football find me a football coach that can turn water into wine because that at the end of the day if you're not going to and i told me let me let me say this so I, I met a guy who was on rick comedy staff when they were uh when they were you know rolling or whatever right mm-hmm. and he said Scotty he said I'm gonna tell you this he said my teams at Rick Comedy would do circles around Deion Sanders squad I said really he said yeah he said we had White Tiger he said he had another quarterback before him who was just as cold he said I had like the top four he had a top safety at from Georgia another top safety from Ohio like I'm talking about like 4A player of the year he said we went out and recruited he said a lot of people they, they people didn't want we went out and got, and got those guys and we recruited he said Scotty it all comes down to how well you can recruit he said once you get that talent in then you need somebody to put it all together so if your coach can go out and re- out recruit Dion, go out and outwork him or use that budget, however your recruiting budget is, and go get that guy or go get those players, it's possible because what I'm seeing Vince and Dancy do with less than anybody in the SWAC is amazing. I think he should be the first, the first if Alabama State don't get no celebrity coach, he should be the first person I'm calling. I'm calling, I'm calling Vince and Dancy like, bro, how, what I gotta get what I gotta do to get you from Valley? What I gotta do? 
You know what I'm saying? So I don't think I think that would be the and I don't like retreads. I really don't like that. But that would be the only retread I would truly say, hmm, like, yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a pull you. The guy from Miles, he's not bad. He 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 does good work down there in Miles. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Reggie Ruffin, I believe that's his name is. Yeah, Reggie Ruffin. Yeah, Reggie Ruffin. But start looking at these guys, man. I mean, I got a I got a coach that I know a coach right now. Probably one of the the smartest offensive guys I know. Coach with the he coached he was a wide receiver coach at the Colts. He 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 he's uh you know he's coached with Peyton Manning. He's he's good friends with Jeff Blake. Best friends with Eric Bieniemy. You think an HBCU would give him a chance? Like he could he could be an offensive coordinator right now at any HBCU school. But just because he didn't great, he went to Western Illinois. Just because he didn't go to an HBCU, he gets overlooked because he's like they you know they, like you said they want that from that you need to be from HBCU pool. But come on, it's like bro. I know football. That's what I know. I know football, and I know how to get the best out of my players. So it's it's a tragedy to see it, but until that mindset gets changed, and not, and not hiring white coaches, like come on, man, like I know, and no white guy coaching here for what? Like I mean, if he's the best candidate, he's the best candidate. So don't get me going. I, I you know I go down the spiral. If if I, if I'm a, if I'm a, an athletic director in in this region of the country. So in this region, I'm talking about the, the the southeast. If you ain't calling Peach Schnick at West Florida, mm. you're doing yourself a disservice. I I'll take it further than that. I would say Will Hall was another one of my guys. You, you saw the work that he did at West Georgia, the work he did at West Alabama. He he did he did you know work at schools that didn't win anything, and then mm-hmm. he. National championship contenders. Another one is Kerwin Bell, who's currently at Western uh, Carolina. Uh, he won a national championship at Van Austin State and was winning at non scholarship Jacksonville University. Wow. Who, who no longer has football. Like, that's what they thought about that football program. But he was winning seven, eight, nine games a year wow. at Jacksonville um, University. Guys like that, because they're not making a lot of money. Like, I mean, when you start talking about the salary difference, they're not making a lot of money. I mean, you go in, you you talk to them, and just see what it is. And I don't care if the guy's white. I don't care if he's blue, orange, or whatever. Well, I mean, orange. And I experience with the orange dudes. Ain't the best. Take the orange part. All right. Gotcha. But any other color outside of orange. Like, I don't really have an issue. And I think that that's something, I mean, we talked about on, on my spaces one night. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were talking about, you know, a particular coach job in the swag. And the alumnus came out and said that there would never be. And we were just like, why? And we brought up a coach with a natty. We was like, but he has a natty. Mm-hmm. And that's a national title. Well, well, but he's white. Okay. Well, I'm going to take the coach with the natty. And, you know, you can be, you know, Louis Farrakhan about it if you want to. <laughs> my program is going to excel, and you're going to be in the same place that you were. So, give me, let me, let me ask you a question. They throw it back at you. Jay Hobson or Alcorn? Didn't that? I thought that was, they said that was a pretty successful run. What Jay Hobson did at Alcorn came in, um, brought the program up, dipped out, left it for McNair, and then he's been running the show ever since. Yeah, I think with, with Jay Hobson, um, I ain't going to put too much Alcorn business out there, but it go a little, little bit deeper. But mm-hmm. I, will, I, will say, I will say Alcorn, 
but you can't deny the work that Jay Hobson did there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, he he did bring in Indy and everybody, and that kind of got all corner into some trouble. Um, you know, just from you know some some PR things. Uh, but yeah, Jay Hobson, for all intents and purposes, you know, he was good to go there at Alcorn. Um, you would have thought that the work that he did there, or even if you look at Coach Gate down at Albany State, um, what he's doing, he's playing for a conference title uh, this week. He has one of the top teams in the country um, at Albany State. Um, you, you would think that those things uh, would matter and resonate, uh, but, you know, unfortunately at the HBCU level, we got some people with that mentality. Uh, I always tell people, man, HBCU football ain't different than football than anywhere else. The only difference is, is the, the the color of the fans and the people making the decisions. Uh, but when you cut when you cut it down to it, you open that baseball up. It's the same thing in the middle, man. The same yeah. problems that other folk have that you know we have as well. Man, let's run to a break, man. We end up going over a little bit. Let's go to a break, man. We will close it out, man. We'll. Go 15 minutes hard, maybe y'all bonus time with my boy Scotty, man. We can do this all night. We're gonna run the run the commercial, man. We'll be right back and we're going inside HBCU football. Let's go. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like really loves. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. so hard oh yeah man that's man we are back man we are back man inside hbcu football man we were just vibing to the intro music man that's my man e jones man quiet storm hour you, you, ain't, familiar. <laughs> you ain't familiar with e jones man of, of the knife wonder man check him out man he, he put together some tracks um but yeah man we're going inside hbcu football i got my man scotty and we're just talking about it uh you know different uh, opportunities, coaching hires, decisions, and things that we may see um, this offseason. Um, and, Scotty, you can pick it back up where we, we left off when we were talking about, uh, you know, coach with a natty and, you know, perception and all that good stuff. Yeah, my my, my thing with that be is, is, is I, I'm on the board of celebrities, though, because I, because I feel like, the the brand of the swack is is in a place right now that is just I mean it's 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 rising like I mean like like bread. So I think if you you just want to influx it as much as you can 
to, I mean, to just get that notoriety even bigger. I know De- whatever Deion Sanders has brought, that's awesome, it's great. And I just think, I, me personally, I just want to see the Ed Reed in Jackson State, right? I mean, that, bo- that the Boombox Classic, not, well, it's not a really classic because you, the, the Jackson State and Southern game becomes even more bigger. And then now you have this one powerhouse, another powerhouse. They meet up in the SWAC championship game, Ed Reed. It's just so many headlines. ESPN can't ignore it. No, no sports, no sports network can ignore that because of the headlines behind it. And I think that's what the SWAC needs more and more headlines to build the notoriety. So now players are looking at the SWAC just to say, hey, I want to be there. So I just think it, it that that helps the whole brand. And and, and this, is a, this is the thing. One of the things that I like about Ed Reed um, is that he went and got some coaching experience. Um, you know, a lot of people that played with him said, said that he was a coach on the field anyway mm-hmm. uh, with his smarts and the things that he knew. Uh, but in 2016, he went out and, and he was a defensive backs coach for the Buffalo Bills. Um, he, he, you know, got that time in, um, got some high, some high school coaching time in. And then now he's at the University of Miami. Uh, he's the chief of staff. Uh, but if you've watched anything with ESPN in Miami, he's doing a little coaching too. He's doing <laughs> they, can't, they can't have him on the field. Uh, but he's there, so he's learning the college game, the, the ins and outs of the college game. Um, I, he has a passion to do it. Uh, we, we'll see, you know, kind of what happens with Ed Reed. Um, I know that he has made it known that it's something that he wants to uh, get into. Um, and, and we'll see what happens there. I mean, I, I like Ed Reed. I think that uh, him and, and Paula Malu, as far as safety is yeah, man, bad boy, you know, bad boy. So I, I think, you know, we'll kind of see what happens there. Uh, my my whole thing about celebrities, man, is it has to be the right one. Ed Reed, yes. If I hear someone else say Marshall Falk, I'm liable to choke the hell out of them. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason, and and this is why I say this. When people say, well, Marshall Falk, Marshall Falk ain't never coaching no ball, man. He never coached no ball. And number one, when Marshall Falk went off the air on the NFL Network, there's a reason that you haven't seen him since. There's a reason why having a Marshall Falk is a risk, and the big old risk being Title IX, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think that people understand those things when they just start throwing out names. Number one, man, does this person want to coach and has this person been doing it? Because I know a lot of people that played the game of football and were good at it. They can't teach you anything about it. That's fair. I, like coaching. Um, so I, I think that, you know, people kind of get caught up and hung up on that. Um, but then also, while you're trying to catch the celebrity wave, there's a lot of guys out there that are talented that you may miss. And they might not be able to provide you with, they might not win the press conference, but I tell people this when it comes down to coaching hires. You can win the press conference in December and January. But I'd much rather win uh, okay. the, the the podium yeah. in December when you're holding that hardware. There's been a lot of hires, and people have told you, "Oh, this is the guy right here. This is the man right here." Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go somewhere. Damn, all in that Florida. <clears throat> but you know, there's a lot of hires like that. Um, <laughs> you can win the press conference, and look, I'm gonna tell people like this. I know we're talking HBCU football. Dan Mullen is who he is. 
Dan Mullen is what his resume said that he was. Y'all tricked y'all self into thinking that Dan Mullen was something that he wasn't. But Dan didn't ever tell you that. Dan didn't tell you anything. Dan is exactly what his resume said he was. Oh, my God. Uh, but I'm just saying. But, um, I mean, there's a lot of people that are interested in winning uh, the press conference. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that winning the press conference and, and, and hoisting the trophy at the end are two different things. And I think with with I think this situation with, with Jackson State, I think they caught lightning in the ball. They got the right guy at the right time. And his platform and what he's able to do has definitely elevated that program. It's elevated um, what Jackson State can and will do is, is open up the door to Jackson State to some players that may not have listened uh, in the past. Mm-hmm. But people think that that can just be replicated just by going and just grabbing anybody, and it ain't the same. No, it's definitely not just in. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not subscribing to just know anybody. Um, my thing is this: I think what a lot of things that Prime has done is that I think the swag is is kind of like get off my lawn is the guerrilla marketing. He, yeah. The guerrilla marketing by Dion is A1. I keep, I've said from day one on my channel, he should have a class at Harvard on marketing. He is the man. Now, you can't tell me that on Twitter, Instagram, Dion would say, hey, he got a game he about to play in maybe in a day or so. He's like, hey, we in Memphis. I'm looking for high school games to go. I'm trying to find talent. Like, I don't, I'm not saying the coaches don't do that, but I'm saying make it known. Be out there. Get, get the, get the, the, the fanfare, the traction. To, this is what, and I'm going to say this, and I'm, I'm glad I'm saying it on your platform. If I was Coach Maynard, right, and they left the scooter on my field, the next day I would have been on Instagram riding that scooter to my meeting because I'm going to flip it on you. I'm going to ride the scooter to my meeting. You're going to see it on Instagram. I'm going to put it on the table. And I'm like, we never going to let this happen to us again. Now, I've just taken a, a a clown and I've used it for my own marketing and media to see how kind of what kind of a coach I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't think this I, I don't think the swag is there yet because you have great personalities. Donald, Connell, Coach Dancy. You have these personalities that I think could gravitate and capture people's interest, but you're just not seeing it. All you're seeing is a whole bunch of Jackson State, and after a while, it just gets annoying. It really does. Like it's just so so much. And I, and I like what Deion Sanders has done uh, with that saying, "Hey, you know, I want the baller." He's active on social media. You know who's else active on social media? Kids. The kids that you're recruiting. You ever been around high schoolers? I coach them. They, they are constantly on their phone. You cannot separate them from the phone. And guess what he is? The phone. Um, so I, I think that uh, he's going about it doing a different way. And, and that's because the world has changed. It's not going back to the way it was 10 years ago. It's not going back to the way that it was 15 years ago. Absolutely. He has adapted to where these kids are and meeting them there. And once I meet you where you are, I can bring you where you need to be. Yeah. What from a maturity standpoint was developing to a young man. I can do all of those things, yeah. but first I have to meet you, and that's what he is doing there. And and I, that's something that I can definitely appreciate. Yeah, I am the type of person that's gonna be throwing all kind of accolades and hoo ha hoo ha 
towards Jackson State because that's just, just not the way that I'm built. But I will be able to, be, to give them credit uh, there and, and, and saying that it took some vision, it took some forward thinking in them doing what they did. And and from right now, as we stand on, on this day, uh, they got it right uh, as of November the 7th. Now, that may change moving forward. Mm-hmm. As, as of November 7th, uh, 2021, they, they, they got, got it go. right. They got it, they got go. it right. Now, let's almost move along, man. Week 11 um, in the conference, you know, in, in, in the SWAC. You know, the big game that everybody's going to be talking about, uh, Jackson State um, and Southern. Also, Alcorn State is going to be hosting Prairie View uh, A&M. Man, what, what games are you looking forward to the most uh, in the conference? The two you just said. Week 11. I mean, it's no. Come on, man. Let's let's not play this game. Like we know what we know what the two biggest matchups is: It's Jackson State against Southern the Boombox, and then you got PV and Allcorn. Now, like you said earlier in the broadcast, Allcorn stumbling on Bethune just takes a little air out that game, just a little. You know what I'm saying? But they can always rebound and win out. But I think if I'm being honest, PV set their schedule up probably better than anybody. Having Texas A&M last, like. Bottom of your schedule, because you know that doesn't affect your the conference record. You can lose that game and play backups for all I care. You know what I'm saying? And then you can walk into the Valley game, win that, and you just you strolling right onto the SWAC championship. Now, that Southern and Jackson State game is because of the history. I, I think what you guys have been beating them, what, eight, nine years straight, something like that? Yep, nine, yeah. It's been, yeah, nine in a row, eight in a row, yeah. Nine in a row. Now, listen, I just, I called for Grossi's job and... Rollins job. They win that game. You'll bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't bring them back. Y'all still hitting the door. But there's going to be a lot of mumbling, murmuring behind the closed doors and you you play that game. They're going to be like, "Well, you know, maybe like, nah, you got to go." That was just that was that was luck, but yeah, those are the two biggest games. I, I can't. I really, really cannot wait. I want it. I, I wanted to be there in Montfort to to go see that game. Um, I, I won't be able to, but that is what I am definitely, definitely. But everything else is kind of like, eh. But you know, those two, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. If, if if now the thing about that ball game, for you to find somewhere to stay in Baton Rouge, you know, if you give up your firstborn, they can make it happen. <laughs> I mean, I, I looked earlier today, and they're literally talking about. Uh, people charging, you know, 800, 900 bucks a night for a room to stay in Baton Rouge. No, not a week in Las Vegas, a night in Baton Rouge. Yeah, good luck with that, bro. Nah, yeah, I'm good. good. With that, bro. Now, yeah. look, coming down the stretch, man, we, we're talking about the, the conference races, and mm-hmm. Jackson State can clinch with a Florida State loss and a win on Saturday. This is where it gets very interesting for Jackson State. Let's say the unthinkable happens. Southern defeats Jackson State, which ain't out of the realm of possibility. No, definitely not. Um, that means if Alcorn beats Prairie View on Saturday, mm-hmm. then Alcorn and Jackson State will face off in each other in a must-win situation for both. Because for both. For both. Man, if that play out, you think the rooms in Baton Rouge are ridiculous. The rooms for the Soul Bowl, well, I'm telling you, they'll call you, they'll tell you they're canceling your room, 
No, no, you're lying because because I'm already I'm already booked for the Capitol. I was already booked for Baton Rouge. I've been booked for the Jackson State game since this summer. They canceled me and tried to get me to rebook rebook because when I booked my room, it was one hundred and nine dollars. You know, and now they want you know two ninety nine. They can do it. depends on who you book to. Depending on who you I, I use hotels.com. I ain't trying to get no plug. Wow. I can sponsor this show. Let me give y'all a plug. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, they can do something. But just looking at the clinching scenarios, Prairie View can clinch with a win on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Alcorn wins on Saturday. I would not want to play Mississippi Valley to clinch anything. Are they at Valley? Uh, let me look. I'll be able to take a look at that for you. I think they are at Valley. Let me look at. I'm gonna get the schedule pulled up, but let me let me double check that. Yeah, me. go ahead, do that because that's that that uh, field ain't no joke. That that field is the 12th man for real, for real. No, no, no. They will host Valley, so they will host okay. Valley. They will host Valley. Okay, okay. So yeah. I, I I I'll lean a little to PV. I'll I'll lean a little bit to PV on that. If they was at Valley. I'll probably be pushing the upset alert. I ain't even going to lie to you. I'll probably be pushing the upset alert. Um, What I'm interested in seeing, honestly, though, is how Grossi bounces back and plays the Jackson. Because if you go, if your team is built for Jackson State, defensively, not so. Because your DBs and all that, no, 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 no. But offensively, if you slow this game down, if you pound this ball out, I can see a 28-24 game. I can see a, you know, 21-24 game. I can see that if you stick to what you are, run the ball, play action, simple reads, use your All-American freshman tight end, uh, what, Thomas? I think that's his name. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you're talking about, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, man, if you didn't, didn't call his name, I could have told you. Uh, yeah, Ethan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Ethan, 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 Ethan. Uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard his name in like the last two weeks. You know what I'm saying? So using him, getting him involved. It, but once again, I'm just scared that they're going to overthink this because if I'm being honest, what I would do if I was if I was Southern, I'm going to put Skelton. I'm going to put Jamar. I'm going to put um, whoever's healthy at running back. We're doing a two-back set like we did at Texas Southern, and we're doing triple option, baby, and they better stop mm-hmm. it. They better stop yeah. it. So. And this is another key that I think is going to be for this ball game. I think that if you get a healthy Jordan Lewis in that defensive line, that's going to cause some problems in the pass game. For real, um, he's next level speed. Jordan, now, Jordan's some right. next level speed. Because at that particular point, if you get a healthy Jordan Lewis and healthy Jamal Ivey, healthy Del, Del, uh, Delvin Cotton and Nash, you haven't had all those guys healthy, what they do in the past game is that you have to block all four of them. Like, there is no, we just go key on Jordan, because mm-hmm. you'll leave one of them one of them one-on-one, and, and they can win those battles. I think that that game uh, could possibly get interesting. And then offensively, if, if you're Southern, if Southern can run the football, and I would very, I will pay attention to the first couple of drives. If they can run the football in typical Southern fashion, you can look out. Uh, you 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 can look out. So I think that that's going to be interesting. And with Alcorn and Preview, Preview has to go to Alcorn. Which Felix Harper shows up? Facts. If it's going to, is it going to be the Felix Harper uh, that you know 
puts up 300 yards, but complicates that 300 yards because he threw two touchdowns and also two interceptions? Mm-hmm. Or is it mistake-free Felix Harper? I think that Felix Harper has to play his best game. And I think that that uh, Nico Duffy and, and that those running backs have to have a big day. And then defensively, Alcorn can't give up the big play. Um, they and can't keep give up the big play. The one thing about the one thing about Nico Duffy that um, I think that the the weakness, not the weakness, but the strength of PV is those corners. They love to shoot the alley. They, those safeties, the corners, that PV man, that PV on them edges, they will they will collapse so fast and i saw it against southern because i was like if southern can get the edge i was like yeah it should be man them corners and safeties were flying to the alley and and did it at such a high level and consistency so and that's where nico duffy gets off he he doesn't get off between the tackles he gets off 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 tackle so i think that kind of plays into what pv likes to do so you might have to do some trap blocks with on jason dumas because he's so aggressive coming up the middle you might have to do some pulls and counters to get some blocking out in front of Nico Duffy, but um, yeah, but I, I think CJ Bowler should have a game against that boy Jackson or whatever his name is, the corner. Uh, mm-hmm. PV, he's not that good, he's really not. He's more, he's more name based, but he's not really not that good. He can be exposed, and I think CJ Bowler can do that. So, if I was, if I'm Felix, if I'm CJ, I'm like, man, we got to go at this guy, we got to, you know, with LaCharles as well, we got to attack this boy and let's make it happen like that. So, we'll see how it goes going forward, though. And this is another game next week. I don't want you to sleep on. No, we 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 wrapping up. Yeah. Texas Southern host Alabama A and M. Ooh, Andrew Body. Andrew oh, Body. Man, he he could have a big game on Saturday. Might put up six hundred. Might put up six hundred. Man, if he has a big game on Saturday, Woo. you can look out. It's possible because some DBs are not good. At Alabama and them, they are not good. So that that's definitely a possibility, and he can get loose with his legs as well. So I mean, and I mean, like I said, he was getting loose against Jackson State, and that's supposed to be the best defense in the SWAC. So I definitely have some, uh, definitely have some qualms about him getting loose against Alabama and them. Yep. So man, that's our time tonight, man. We appreciate everybody coming and checking us out, man. Scott, we got to do it. Um, we'll have you on again, man. I think we're gonna do it. I think we're probably gonna. Chop up some plays, man. Really get into some X's. Oh, a, yeah. a lot of people have been asking uh, when me and you are going to get into some X's and O's, man. I think people really like that. So we'll have that coming, man. Whether I come on with you or you come on with me, we'll do it either way. Mm-hmm. Check him out, man. If you ain't following this dude <laughs> on YouTube, man, all script, man. Trust me, man. Subscribe, man. It's worth it. Guy's entertaining, man. He knows the game in and out. Man, Scotty, man, tell him where to find you. Man, you can find me on YouTube.com slash off script. You know what I'm saying? You see the shirt. You already know what it is. Uh, listen, I ain't as professional as BCSN, okay? So let me let I just want to be very clear about that. It's, it's a little, it's a little vulgar, but you know, you get the point across, okay? So you can find me on that and you can find me on IG and Twitter. And also, one more more thing, I'm doing a uh while out Wednesday, Southern, uh Jackson State call in, talk your trash, whatever. You know, call into the show, talk your trash, and, you know, do what you do. All right, man. That's my boy, All Script, man. Everybody, man, I appreciate y'all tuning in tonight. We're going to be back um, next week, man, talking about the big games coming in in week 11. And, hey, this is the way we do it on Sunday nights, man. We go inside HBCU football 
with your boy BJ Jones here on the Black College Sports Network, and we out. Thank <laughs> you.